Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. And on tap, we have UFC Singapore. The main event is Leon, Leon Rocky Edwards taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And joined with me, as always, we have Joe Sunsu Kahoot and Chris Olson. Uh, Joe, how you doing today? I'm doing fine, man. I was I was actually happy to have the week off. I mean, I felt I got um, I got judged out of uh, a decision. Um, you know, two times out of three cards is not good. I thought Romero won that fight, which actually cost me some ducats on uh, on DraftKings. Although I did do very well in in my cash games, could have been so much better had Romero. The rightful winner of that fight got in the decision. Um, there was a lot of similarity in cash lineups. Probably, uh, you know, the majority of my head-to-heads was was a push. Um, so that wasn't fun. But um, you know, look, this is a nice card. I mean, it's weird timing, um, but you know, um, I I think there could be some value to be found. This card, by the way, UFC Singapore kicks off at four thirty <laughs> Eastern time. So you're on the West Coast that is 1.30, and you probably are just going to want to try and avoid avoid your electronic devices, record it, wake up, and find out afterwards. Um, Chris, how are you doing? I know we were talking before, and your baseball lineups aren't looking so hot right now, so we're going to take your mind off that and, and head into MMA. Yeah, hopefully we can do a little better, although those haven't been going so great the past two weeks either. But I was wondering if you almost said uh, Leon Roberts there, the referee, because I make that mistake all the time. 
I might have. I, I could have said anything in that moment. I actually hesitated in the open. I don't know yeah, if you guys noticed because <laughs> because what happened is I brought up the screen for YouTube in another window so we can you know take questions in chat. We are you know, live on YouTube. If you're listening to this recorded, we do these live. And uh, I was listening to myself like five seconds delayed at full volume. And I was just <laughs> trying to maintain my train of thought in some way. So it is Leon Rocky Edwards taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Just in case I said Leon Roberts, who at this point, him, him in a fight against Cowboy Cerrone. Who knows? I have a hard time with the main event for a few reasons. But you know what? Let's, let's save that. We'll get into it later. Before we get into the fight breakdowns, remember these, these episodes, this podcast is brought to you by Rotowire. Go to rotowire.com slash free. Get 10 days uh, free trial to all their premium content that is usually behind, behind the paywall. Not just MMA, you know, every DFS sport and every league, league season long fantasy league that you're in, especially with football coming up. Check out all their tools there. No credit card required. And our quick plugs you can follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at the DFS Sniper with, with one S. Joe is at Sun Tzu. Chris is at Re- Real Chris Olson. That's enough of the pleasantries. Let's get into this fight card. And honestly, for me, let's get through these prelims because some of them are a little rough. Hey Sean, before we launch into the the fight, it's a cautionary tale um, on on the start time of this card, and I will not say who this person was, but because you know, pretty soon legally and professionally, they're going to be allowed to carry a firearm. So I will not say who this person was, but <laughs> I know who never, it is. do not, do not, do not go to bed prior to setting all your lineups, because you know, if an alarm clock doesn't go off. Um, and you are not accustomed to to getting up at four thirty in the morning. You will be eating a lot of wood. And I felt bad for this guy, you know. But make sure don't say, "Oh, I'm going to set my alarm for four o'clock. That'll give me thirty minutes to like set my final lineups." You know, he ended up having to eat some cash. So that is the cautionary tale. If you are going to sleep, and I'm just going to stay up. If you are going to sleep, set your lineups. Have all your contests entered before you go to sleep. The, the problem with that is that if we get a late scratch, I'm going to lose my damn mind. But. Well, you could still get up 30 minutes before and check for late scratches, but at least, uh, it's worst case, you miss a late scratch. It's better than missing all your line, you know, all your Joe, contests. Joe, I'm married with a one-year-old. If I dare set an alarm for 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm getting divorced <laughs> on Sunday. Don't you have a basement? You like, I could sleep in my basement. I have an unfinished basement. I'm getting there. I'm still a new homeowner. we gotta, we got to build true. it up a little. That's true. Okay. Moving it, and the first fight we have to talk about now, we have to talk about a fight that isn't even on the UFC.com website. Yeah, I <laughs> but know. it's everywhere else. It's on Fight Metric. It's on DraftKings. So we're going to assume G. E. on Kim at eighty four hundred takes on Melinda Fabian at seventy eight hundred. Melinda Fabian was on the last season of Tough. She drew Deanna Bennett in her official UFC debut. G. E. on Kim had that decision win last time out against Justine Kish. A little controversial. Um, looked okay though. I just personally, I don't rate Melinda Fabian very highly. I think Kim's a little better. I'm worried about the scoring all around in this fight. But Joe, you're the women's MMA whisperer. What do you got for us? Look, I mean, honestly, because this fight wasn't even initially listed on Topology, when I did my initial research, I skipped right through it. So luckily, I I, I had seen um, you know these these women fight before. Uh, I look, I like Kim in this fight. I think she's got a, a length and a reach advantage. Um, you know, 
she did look better in her last fight than than Fab. But drawing, uh, you know, Deanne Bennett at this stage in her career, you know, is not a great endorsement. Um, so I do like her. Uh, she's kind of freakishly long for for the weight class, and I, you know, again, the scoring concern is real. I do have a sneaking suspicion though that this fight will go under owned on DK simply for the reason, you know, a lot of us who did our research early didn't even think that this fight was a go. And then it's next thing it know, next thing we know, it shows up on DK. We're like, whoa, wait a second. You know, this is a fight now. So I have a feeling that this might be an auto fade for a lot of people. So, you know, having a little bit of exposure, you know, contrarian exposure to this fight. And I do like him. I probably will not have much, if any, exposure to uh, you know, Melinda, and I'm going to have a very tight core this week in general. I'm not going to do a lot of spreading for any number of reasons, but, um, you know, a little bit of, of Kim, I like her to get the win here. I, again, I can't, can't comment on the scoring, but I do like her for the win. Yeah. Uh, speaking of just as a slate note, you mentioned your, your lineups. I am literally going to run out two lineups, a cash lineup and a primary GP. Wow. That's all, that's all I'm running out. I'm playing a little less than the, the normal volume, playing a little heavier in cash. There's just – there's not a lot to feel great with, especially in the underdog range. It's an early card. It's, I'm playing a little conservative. I'm going to save a little bit of bankroll for the big week we have coming up in two weeks. Speaking of which, we have our first question in chat. I mean, he insults us, but but David Jameson wants to know if, if us chumps are going to Vegas. I'm not. I don't think Chris is, but I think, Joe, you just let us know that, that you might be out there for fight yeah, week. Yeah, I, I will be out there. I booked my flight. I'll be out there for fight week. Um, I'm actually arriving on July 4th, um, and I will be there through July 8th. So I, I will likely attend the tough card because I, I think I, I've got a line on some comp tickets for that. Um, I'll probably just watch the uh, you know 226. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, Chris, backing up, Fabian or Kim? Well, first, let me just say that this chump goes to Atlantic City when he wants to lose his money. It's only an hour, hour, hour or so drive, so that's way more convenient, and I get to come home and and go to sleep. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo a little bit what Joe said. I I, I like um, I like uh, the name I'm blanking on Kim as well. Yeah. Um, she has I, I got it. She has uh, she has boxing experience, kickboxing experience. I think she hits hard for this division. I think she has a little bit of power. Um, I think she's a natural counter striker. She likes to draw out the counters. She sort of waits for you to exchange with her and 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 encounters because I think, and I think this was evident in, in the Kish fight too. I think that she doesn't fear any of the uh, the power in this division. I think she knows she's probably the most powerful person in this division. So she kind of lives for those exchanges. Um, Fabian, uh, she like she likes to come forward. I like her because, well, I like one thing she does, where she, she tends to punctuate all her uh, combinations with light kicks. I, I like when fighters do that. Um, she also uh, hit Bennett with a high kick that probably should have ended the fight. Uh, for some reason, Yamasaki, not Yamasaki, uh, I think it was Big John McCarthy let it go on. But uh, in either case, um, you know, I, I just feel like like she's gonna she's gonna keep her range. Uh, Kim is gonna is gonna counter hard. Um, her opponent swings uh, sort of from her hips and um, kind of ha keeps a low guard. So I think those counters um, are gonna be there because um, she also likes to come forward. And I, I would just say um, 
just to piggyback something else that Joe said, I think this fight is going to be on their own, and I actually think it could be a little higher scoring than most people would think because um, these two women are going to come at each other and they're going to throw. So this could be one of the, these fights where either there's a stoppage, although that does seem unlikely, or it could be one of those where, you know, you're not really sure anything that's gone on, but you look up and they've thrown, you know, 230 total strikes. It could be one of those because I think they're just going to throw at each other. So, um, you know, I would say be overweight to the field, whoever you like. But um, for me, I like Kim. I'm going to take the experience and the power, and I think she's going to get it done. Oh, I just, I was just, I was just typing to you in, in, in chat as well. Um, so we got, we got a few, a few chat messages on, which is fun. So keep these coming, guys. And again, if you're listening to this recorded, jump in. I did mention this. I also do do the Loudmouth MMA podcast. Um, I'm not complaining about the start time because our European friends and Australian, New Zealand friends get royally. I can't say what I want to on this podcast. Just screwed isn't so bad they get royally screwed every fight car with when they wake up i don't know how they do it so so our buddy will martin is excited for a normal starting fight card and i'm happy for those guys and as they say in the uk sean they take it in the tradesman the tradesman yeah. entrance that's how uh, they say it in the uk you know what i'm, gl- I'm glad you're getting this one but um better you than me most weeks there will sorry Moving on, we got our second fight of the card. We t- have Janelle Laus at 7,200, taking on Alka Sasaki at 9,000. God, Janelle Laus looked terrible last time out. Um, he can't stop a takedown. Taken down um, against Eric Shelton, taken down against Jiqui um, in, in 2016. He just he can't stop him. Alka Sasaki is huge for 125, should be able to get a body lock takedown. The problem is, and you have this problem a bunch on this card, it's going to be a common theme. You have to pay up for guys that you just don't want to pay up for. They're big favorites, but it's yeah, a lot of these fights are bad against really bad. Um, Oka Sasaki, I don't know if I'd call him bad, but he's an okay fighter. Unfortunately, that makes you top 15 at flyweight. So I like Sasaki here. I'm not sure how much I'm going to roster him just because I don't know if I can trust him. And Lausa, the one thing he does do is he throws – you know, a little wildly, but hard. He could be live in GPP. So my, my pick is Sasaki. I just don't know how much I'm going to have of him. Chris, how do you have this one? Well, you read my mind because the first thing I was going to say is I, I hate when DraftKings does this, when they take a fighter who doesn't deserve to be, you know, those upper echelon prices, and they put him there because I – well, at least my read on it is what it does is it forces people to the dog and it makes me play the 9K uh, fighter in GPPs because – I want a little scarcity. So for that reason, I think I'm going to have Sasaki look. I mean, I actually like him as a fighter. I think that um, his frame and strength for this division is unique, and I like that about him. Um, he's got some uh, nice smooth transitions once he gets to the ground. As you said, he's good with the body like takedowns. He can fight behind a jab. We've seen that before. Um, and Janelle Laza, I, I mean, I think you nailed it too. I mean, he – he throws hard, but he, it's 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 very single shot, and I mean he can wrestle a little bit, but you know it's not something that I expect him to do very often. I will say I think his his takedown defense is okay against the fence. I think you know he's okay at digging for underhooks and stuff like that, but I mean in the middle of the cage, I mean my God, Eric Shelton basically sprinted from one side of the cage to the other and got a takedown. So I mean I. 
as I said, though, Suzaki likes to get his takedowns from, um, you know, the cage. So that could be a thing. I think essentially what I'm going to do here is um, I'm going to have be overweight. What I what I assume will be overweight to Suzaki. I'm not going to have a, a lot of Janelle Laza just because of, you know, the inactivity. Suzaki's a tough guy. I don't think he's going to get finished. And if he doesn't finish him, I you know, I, I worry about how much he'll score. So I'm going to I'm going to take the favorite begrudgingly because DraftKings is forcing me into it. And uh, that's how I see the fight. So one extra narrative piece that I, I'm probably stealing Joe's thunder here is that I mentioned Sasaki's huge for 125. He's coming in on short no, short notice. I do want to see what he looks like on the scales. Uh, other than that, Joe, I think I'm going to have more Lausa than than Chris, and he's going to have more Sasaki than I am. So break our mini tie here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Chris here. Um, you did steal some of my thunder. I mean, look, it's hard not to look emaciated when you're as tall as he is and weigh in at 125. So I am very curious to see what he looks like um, on the scale. If he doesn't look any more emaciated than usual, I will be overweight uh, likely to the field. I don't see that Sasaki could get a better stylistic matchup here. The only guys he has problems with are power wrestlers, guys like Wilson Hayes. Um, you know, I don't know that that Lousa is any better a striker than whoop-ass Willie Gates, who uh, Sasaki handled. Um, so uh, stylistically, they could not have, you know, this could not be a better matchup for him. Um, considering his recent competition, it's actually, you know, a breather for him. So that's probably why he jumped to take the fight. Uh, I do like him a lot here. I do think he can score, um, get a finish. Even if he doesn't get a finish, he can score with takedowns. Uh, he is one of my favorite plays in this 9K range. I think he's got a as high a floor as anybody, I should say in the 9K range. That's fair. By the way, you were getting a lot of crap over in, in this chat about stacking, and I can't wait to get to, to the uh, main event. Yeah, you are. I, I stacked the last <laughs> two cards. Are you kidding me? Brett wants to know if you're stacking stacking the main event in cash, and why is the answer yes? I haven't decided uh, yet, but I'm so, leaning towards no. We'll, we'll get there, but it's, it spawned a pretty fun conversation. Uh, another question that we're going to get to with this next fight is um, one of the – I think primary dogs for most people on this card is um, Matt Danger Schnell at seventy three hundred taking in taking on Naoki Inoue eighty nine hundred. Uh, Cloud VII three one five wants to know Abe or Schnell. So you know, without going too much into Abe because we'll get there. Um, for me, Schnell. Everyone's worried about the chin, and it's a concern just because the short little hammer fist from Hector Sandoval knocked him out. That being said, I think this is a bad matchup for Inoue in that Schnell should have the counter-wrestling to keep the fight standing. I think he's a little cleaner on the feet. The concern is the, the chin of Schnell. And also, the problem with both of these guys and why I'm hesitating a little bit is they both love their guard. Like, whoever gets on top, the other one's going to sit and guard and try and find a submission. That's just it's how you lose fights. It's... It's rough for me, but I think Schnell, because of the lack of, of dogs on this card, I think this is a bit of a misprice. I think Schnell will be relatively chalky. And I, as of right now, I'm going to eat that chalk in cash. I'm just I'm not sure where I'll, where I'll land at the end of all this. Uh, Joe, how do you have Schnell in, in a way? First of all, I'd like to give some some props and a shout-out to the, the great Brett Apley for actually watching our pod. I mean, I'm so happy that he actually took a break from doing laundry. Um, you know, to uh, to actually do this, the, the new apartment owner that he is, he's so 
he's so enamored with his in-unit washer and dryer that he, all he does is laundry nonstop. Listen, um, I, I'm going to take Brett's on this one. Having I, I, I've lived in both, and thank God my, I have a house with, with my laundry in here. Give me, a, give me a beach view, and I'll take a walk to do laundry. Anyway, um, so I leave my clothes in the dryer for three hours. Ah, it's not good. You know, I guess it depends on how much clothes you have. Um, in any case, uh, I think this is actually an easier matchup or one of the easier matchups that Schnell has had of late. Um, that must be Brett. Uh, one of the easiest was, matchups sorry. that he has had of late. Uh, I do think he's when you say he's going to be chalk, it's it's he's going to be chalk relative to dogs that people like on this card obviously at 7.3 K he is not chalk um but I do like him here I think he will be relatively popular um I if do he's 50 percent in cash it's still chalk chalk yeah. is chalk no matter what I know what I'm, I'm worried about the guy's chin you know he does yep. train at the same gym that is um you know run uh, and by uh by Andrea KGB Lee's husband um you know I haven't noticed any any um bad tattoos on him so he's got that going for him um, but he is a Louisiana guy, um, and I, I think that this again is is as easy a matchup as he's had in quite some time. Not that he's going to win, but um, I do I do kind of like him here as as a a low priced uh, option. Yeah, just you know, my segue to, for this fight to go into Chris is just going to let you know that, that on his second load of laundry, Brett broke his lint trap, and he's really upset about it. Did he so, really? Apparently, wow. Wow. Chris, uh, you got Matt Dryerlint Danger Schnell or Naoki in a way. <laughs> I uh, well, I, I don't have any dryer advice, but what I do have is, um, I, you know, I like Matt Schnell. I I, I think he gets a, he gets sort of a, a bad rap. I mean, I, I believe he took that Rob Font fight on short notice, didn't he? And and that's a tough matchup anyway. And then you know the Hector Sandoval thing. Yeah, those those little hammer fists put him out. But don't forget, he had just been slammed really hard on his head twice right before that when uh, Sandoval was trying to break the guillotine. So I think that could that could. Um, I'm not saying it's not a concern at all, but you know I wouldn't I wouldn't you know automatically be fitting him on the strength of that. But I, I like him. I, I think he uses good lateral movement. He's a good combination puncher. I think he counters well, uh, especially off, off off kicks, low kicks. He likes to counter off of. He is a good wrestler. Uh, I think he's good in scrambles. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna beat Inoue there. Um, I think his hands are gonna be a little faster too. Um, these guys, I think they're actually a little bit. They're actually kind of similar in the way they fight. Um, they both kind of draw at the counter. They both uh, throw in combination. But when I have a fight like that, I always try to see who's the guy who's better at everything, or at least a little better in something. And I think that's uh, Matt Schnell here, and uh, I think that's what I'm going with. So real quick, just just one name answer because we'll break down the other fight later. Uh, preferred dog Schnell or Abe? I'll take Schnell. Uh, Chris, I'm going Abe. What? Okay, I can't wait to get to that fight, Joe. Abe Schnell. Schnell. No. All right, that gives us some something to look forward to here. Next fight up: Vivian Pereira, 8800, taking on Jan Zhaonan at 7400. Vivian Pereira last time out took a beating against Tatiana Suarez. That was Tatiana Suarez. Her two wins in the UFC are uh, Jamie Moyle and Valerie Letourneau. Only one of those really means anything. And Jan Jaunam last time out made her UFC debut. Also in a win that didn't mean much against Kaylin Curran. Uh, a, li a little bit concerning in that fight is that Kaylin Curran actually controlled Jan Jaunam a little bit up against the cage. 
but Vivian, it's one of this is a fight I'm interested in cash because I don't think Pereira is going to finish her, even though I think she's technically better all around. Jan throws a lot of volume. She throws relatively hard. She's got a big size advantage. If I'm looking for a pun here and, and I, I need to plug someone in cash, Jan fits that bill for me. But I think Pereira wins this fight unless she gets caught or gasses with the pace that Jan puts out. Um, we will save the MMA, the WMMA whisperer on this one to, to, as the anchor. Uh, Chris, lead us off. Pereira, Zhao Nan. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I, I like uh, Pereira's skill set. I mean, it's hard to look good uh, against um, – in her last fight, I mean, she just she just got smothered and and she wasn't let, um, able to get any of her offense off. And you know, we've seen Tatiana Suarez do that a number of times already. So you know, that doesn't really bother me. I I, I do like her. I think I think she does throw um, again uncharacteristically hard for this division. I also think uh, you know I I, I like uh, I think she's defensively minded. I think um, she's she's good about you know keeping herself safe. And I think that's going to come in handy here because um, she's facing she's facing another fighter who likes to draw out the counter. Um, I think she's going to be able to pressure and cut off the cage effectively, and she's going to pretty much get the fight she wants. Um, and I also I also think she's going to be stronger in the clinch. To your point, so yeah, I like um, I like Pereira to do good work here. I um, I wonder if um, you know people will be down on her because of Suarez fight. But if they are, that'll be good to, to move in and, and uh, get some action here. All right, Joe. Not that I don't uh, respect Chris's opinion here, but, I mean, it's a women's fight. Who's going to win? Yeah, so, listen, I, was, I found myself completely shocked earlier in the week where I saw several players with confidence, you know, bet the dog in this fight. And I was a lot more impressed with, with Viviana's loss to Suarez than I was with, you know, the win against Curran. And by the way, you know, the UFC was trying to throw Curran a bone there because, you know, she had lost, what, four or five fights going into that. And, you know, the reason why they kept her that long, quite frankly, is because, you know, she's blonde and some people find her pretty. Uh, so they wanted to see if they could get her a win and it just didn't work. But, you know, look, Viviana's a midget. That's her downfall, right? She's like, I think, 5'1". She's very small. Um, I was very impressed with when she fought Latorno. I don't know if anyone can chime in, but was that the fight where Torno had the sports bra malfunction um, and she was trying to adjust? Uh, or was that against somebody? I can't remember. But I was very impressed with our win against, uh, against uh, Latorno. And I think this might be actually one of those fights that's better to bet than it is to play on, on DK. Because I just don't know, given her price, which is what, Sean, 8.8? 8.8. Yeah, which at 8.8, I just don't know if she's going to sufficiently score to earn that salary if she doesn't get the finish. And I think she can get the finish because I honestly believe that this is the easiest opponent that she's fought um, in the UFC. So she can surprise and get the finish. And that would be a reason to have a few shares of her. It's just if she doesn't, um, I don't know if she's going to earn salary. And I really don't like the other side at all. I mean, you know, if I was playing, and I'm not going to play a lot of lineups, but I, if I was playing 20 lineups, I maybe one. <laughs> I mean, if if possible, you know, maybe not even any with with the opponent. I just don't understand the love for her in people putting multi units on on her. So that's my take. Yeah, I, I'm well, I'm not I'm not going to better. It's just a DraftKings potential punt because you don't think Pereira is 
gonna finish her. You got well, I was just gonna say, I mean, I think the reason she looked so good in that current fight was because Kern basically gave her the best possible fight she could, which is basically walking into range with her hands down pretty much, and then she just countered she, her pretty much. She didn't, look, she didn't look great in the fight. She got controlled up against the cage for a little while. She got controlled up against the but she won it pretty she won every striking exchange. She didn't lose a striking exchange. Yippee. <laughs> Caitlin Curran. She rocked her a couple. You're a hater. Get out of here. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's almost as good as Amanda Bobby Cooper. That's yeah. Almost. Almost. <laughs> and Punk, they're both they're right there. They're all right there. Cooper beats Curran. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Cooper beats Punk. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Let, let, let's, this, is, this is getting out of hand quick. Um, a common problem we're going to have on this card is, you know, mentioned in the last fight, how they're going to pay off price, even these favorites. This is a tough pill to swallow, but the biggest favorite on the card is up next. It's Jake Matthews at 9,400, taking on Shinsho Anzai at 6,800. Jake Matthews, he's 23 years old. He's 6-3 and three in the UFC. He made big improvements last time out against Li Jinglong, where he got a couple uh, knockdowns, a couple takedowns, fought through having his eyes almost ripped out of his head by, by Li trying to get, um, you know, that was the the submission attempt, I think, right? Yeah, the guillotine. Lee, the guillotine where Lee just started raking at his eyes. Other than so, and in that fight where Matthews had two knockdowns and two takedowns, he only scored 104 points. He got a win against Bojan Vilichkovic, barely, 77 points. His other wins, got 69 against Johnny Case. He did get a knockout against Ariola, 106. And his other two wins, dating further back, are submissions, 88-107. But as he fights decent decent guys, like th- this scoring 77 against Velichkovic is, is concerning. He had, did have four takedowns in that fight. Both of these guys are grapplers. I think Matthews does it better. He negates the one thing that Anzai does best. Matthews wins the fight. My problem is trying to figure out the scoring. Is Matthews going to just destroy him and score 100, 110? Are there other people in that range just too risky or we're all looking at the same thing where points are really going to be at a premium this week? And that's the camp I kind of lean in here where he's just safe because I, I have some concerns with, with Peter Yan, who, who we'll get to. Uh, but for cash, I think I'm going to be plugging in Matthews, and I'm not comfortable about it, but it's hard to be comfortable anywhere on this card. Uh, Chris? Um, you know, I, I think I like Shinzo Anzai a little bit more than uh... – and you guys do, which I'm surprised at because I thought you loved those go-go rah-rah wrestler types for these things. And he's 6,800. But he's not. But he's not good enough to take Jake Matthews down. Well, all right. Well, let, let me let me make a little bit of a case here. Not not. I mean, I'm not going to be a full uh, lawyer for the plaintiff, but I will say that um, I, I just I just love guys that um, keep coming forward like he does, and I also think. Like he's more than just like a blitzer. I think there's some method to his badness. Like if if you watch um, that fight against Luke Jamo, what he what he does is he constantly fakes takedowns and comes back up. And then so when round two comes along and he actually shoots for takedowns, he gets basically no resistance because the opponent is is constantly thinking that he's just fake shooting to come back up. My problem though is that he sometimes does that a bit too much and he telegraphs it. So anybody who wants to throw a knee or an uppercut might really hit him hard one of these days, and uh, we'll have to see about that. But, you know, I, I like his game plan. Um, I like his blitzing forward. 
Uh, Jake Matthews, I mean, I can't really talk about uh, Li Jinglong too much because he's coming up, and I don't want to spoil it, uh, what we saw in that fight. But, um, you know, he looked a little better. I think um, Li Jinglong, by his nature, offers offers opportunities to counter. And, you know, credit to Matthews, he did that well. And there's going to be similar opportunities here, but also like Li Jinglong, uh, Anzai is a tough, tough guy. 6,800 with the with you know the threat of all those takedowns, and I mean he also hits hard. Uh, he's got some TKOs on his record. Um, you know it's just really hard for me to go go past him when we're looking at dogs, especially in the 6,000 range. So I think, I mean, if you're asking me who the better fighter is, I'll probably say Matthews, skill for skill. But can Anzai win this fight? Yeah, I think he can. I think there's a chance. Joe, you going with the Celtic kid or Shinsho Anzai? Well. You know, I, I would really love to see how good Jake Matthews could be if he, you know, stopped training out of his garage with his dad as coach and, you know, came across the water and, and you know, set up shop at a good camp for a while. Now, remember, he recently moved up to welterweight. Um, he recently had a procedure done on each hip, I believe. He had, like, the bone shaved, which doesn't sound very pleasant, um, you know, on both of his hips. And he really looked good in that fight against, uh, you know, Jingling. Um, I mean, for crying out loud, you know, the, the only way that Jingling could have made that worse is if after ranking him, he, you know, raking him with his nails, he pulled a piece of lemon out of his shorts and squirted it on him. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, by the way, uh, you know, that's kind of crazy. So I like Matthews here. Look, I don't know. It's hard for me to gauge what his ceiling is because, um, you you know, to Chris's point, Anzai is tough. Um, I do think that the UFC looks at Matthews as a, you know, a, a fighter that they want to invest in. So I think they are, they, after seeing what happened with Holbrook and, you know, I think that this is a winnable fight for him and he will win. Um, and he will win it on the ground. All right. Next fight up, we have Song Keenan, 9,100 taking on Hector Aldana at 7,100. Uh, this is rough because uh, I did this on my other podcast real quick. We'll go with Chris. When's the last time, do you know the last time Hector Aldana was in an MMA cage in any type of fight? Uh, didn't he fight on uh, Tough Latin America? He did. Do you know what year that was? 2015? It was. Do you know the last time he was in a sanctioned MMA fight that wasn't an exhibition? 2013. Holy crap. How can you trust this guy? Like it's rough because, I mean, he could be he could have made significant improvements. I, I mean, it's hard to know that though. Whereas Song Kinan um, went out and you know treated Bobby Nash like Bobby Nash and knocked him out in, in the first round. To me, it looks like you know Song has a little bit of power. This is has GPP fight written all over it for me, and I'm gonna go with the favorite because I just can't trust a guy who hasn't been in the cage in in three years. Uh, Joe. Yeah, this is really weird for me because I don't understand why the UFC left Aldana on the roster. And I, w I wish, I, like, I don't know if there's any interviews out there or, you know, again, I, I assume that he is, I'm assuming that he is a Spanish speaker that doesn't speak English, which is a bad assumption on my part, but I'm going to go with that anyway. Um, I wish I knew, like, someone could come out and say what this guy has been doing for the last, you know, three years. Um, since tough. I, I don't understand why he hasn't been active. And, and furthermore, why the UFC hasn't cut him. 
So, you know, at 7.1K, am I willing to take a shot? Um, maybe. I mean, I like that song is, I believe, now at Alpha Male, which is, is you know, is better than, you know, whatever camp he was training out of in China. Um, I don't take too much away from that Bobby Nash fight because, you know, Bobby Nash, if he hits his pillow too hard, he, he goes out. Um, so I don't know that we could take a lot away from that. And the other thing is, um, this guy's song has been 20 for like five years. So I really don't know even how old he is, um, this song guy. Um, there's so many question marks. I will have both sides of the fight. I don't know that, I, I don't know that I'm going to be, be, you know, I'll probably be under market on both sides. But I just don't know what to do with this fight because I don't know what Aldana has been doing. And I didn't get a lot out of that, you know, knockout of Bobby Nash. So. Yeah, he once lost to Enrique Marin. So, yeah. got any more to add to that, Chris? Yeah, I, I mean, this is such a frustrating fight for me because it's one of those fights that we don't really know anything about on either side, and yet it could really decide the night. Um, because, I mean, all right, so my first thing is, what can we reasonably say about either of these guys? Aldana, I actually, I actually went ahead and found that fight, that 2013 fight against Ivest. Samayo, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, I think what we can reasonably say about Aldana is he's heavy on top, he's got good ground and pound, and he's got power. Other than that, uh, there isn't a whole lot. But I mean, I also think that on the other side, I mean, what can we really say about Song Kanan? We we saw um, the counter shot that that put down Bobby Nash. I was able to track down one other one other fight of his. And I noticed he's, I think he's got three guillotines on his record. I think a reason for that is he uses guillotines as takedown defense. I, I watched a fight of his where he would just allow himself to get taken down, try to work a guillotine every single time, fail, and then rinse and repeat. So I don't really know what I'm getting with either of these guys. I know that they both have power. I know that, um, you know, they, they could both try for takedowns. Uh, Aldana didn't really get a takedown as much as he barreled over his opponent, but he still got under the ground. Um, I really think this is this is a tough spot. I really think this could go either way. And because most people have seen Song and they're and they're gonna be on him because they've seen him get a win in the UFC, I don't know, maybe try Aldana. I, I think he's gonna be really, really scarcely owned. And I think he's got just as good a, a chance of winning this fight as, as Song does from what we know about both of them, so. All right, next up, Shane Young, 8,700, taking on Rolando. I think it's D, D, Die, whoever he is, he shouldn't be in the UFC. He's bad. He, he beat Waliji Burren last time out. Okay, I don't think he's any good. Shane Young, I mean, he looked as good as you can look getting your ass kicked by Alexander Volkanovsky. On short notice. On, on short, short notice. On short notice. I think, actually, Shane Young is going to be relatively popular. I'm on board this week because I don't think D is good. I do think he's durable. I think there's two durable guys facing each other. I like Young a bunch here. I think he can outwork Rolando D wherever this fight goes. Uh, we'll start with Chris in this one. Yeah. Um, man, I, I hate when we all agree on dogs because that makes me think that they're going to be heavily owned. I don't think but, we, um, he's Young is not a dog. Young is the favorite. He's the favorite. He's oh, 8,700. Okay. And your yeah. crazy ass has taken Daichi out A. So I don't think we can say we're agreeing here. <laughs> Well, that's right. So I'm so I'm going to be covered either way. That's true. So um, all right. So no, I I was surprised how much I liked Shane Young after looking into him a little bit. I mean, I, I think we have a, we have a similar situation 
to the Tatiana Suarez situation where it's it's hard to look good against a fighter like that who's just going to suffocate you and force his game on you. But um, what I liked about what I saw him on the regional scene is he's he's one of these touch, touch, touch guys, you know, touch, 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 and then try to land the big shot, touch, touch, touch. He'll work the body. Um, he'll he'll work the head. He's got he's got he's got a little bit of power. He's got a little bit of wrestling, although it didn't seem very good from what I saw. But I mean, it's still an option for him to go to. Um, he's got good movement. He's going to be quick. Uh, he moves side to side, lateral movement. I just think um, he's going to frustrate D, who basically wants to sit there and, and hit you with counter shots. Um, I think he's going to have the exact kind of fight he wants. And I think, um, you know, I don't think an accumulation stoppage is out of the question here, but even if he doesn't get it, I expect him uh, to land enough strikes and be busy enough to cover himself. Somebody in, um, in our chat is saying that they are assuming that Aldana is a professional sparring partner taking on somebody who's a low-level a low-level MMA fighter, which I guess is reasonable, but I don't know for sure if that's what Aldana's been doing. So just well, that's that's what that's what Cody Safrick alluded to on oh, on the PME okay. pod that you know Aldana was you know literally getting the crap kicked out of him for you know a hundred bucks sparring. But again, he was saying that in jest. He was not. He did not have insider knowledge as to. You know, gotcha. that's what Aldana was doing. Um, I, just, I didn't know what that reference was to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Joe, are you on the, the Shane Young train here? Yeah, I like Young a fair bit here. I mean, especially in cash. I think he's got a fairly solid floor. I don't know, absent the finish, whether it could be a GPP play. If he does get a finish, I think he could certainly work out. He's kind of at that uh, at that price level. Where is he, 8.7 or 8.9? 7. Okay, so he's 8.7. I kind of like it. I mean, I definitely think you're going to get 10x on on a win because he, he will get some takedowns, and we all know what um you know we all know the other guy is a boxer. Um, so yeah, I do. I like him a fair amount here. I hate to keep circling back to it, but then the comment coming back to to Aldana, and I know we're two fights past. It's the last we'll say on it is Occam's Razor. You know, the simplest solution is usually the right one. I think the simplest solution isn't that about when uh, when USADA came in and we've seen a lot of these guys with these long layoffs to be like, you know what? I'll just get all this shit out of my system. That's actually what I think the most sim- the simplest Good. solution is. But Could be. Knows, we're all we're all guessing, including myself. Yep. So we'll get away from Aldana now. Felipe Arranches, eighty three hundred, taking on Song Yadong, seventy nine hundred. This is actually one of I mean, it's a mid range fight, but I think a lot of people are on the dog here, and I'm not. Um, these guys matchup really similar to me. Song Yudong won his UFC debut against Baharat Kandare, um, got a knockdown and subbed him. He's got a lot of subs on his record. I mean, that was Baharat Kandare. So Felipe Aranches has been in the, I know he hasn't fought great, you know, he hasn't won against great opposition. Last time out against Josh Emmett, he fought upper weight class because he kept missing weight. Um, he's got, he's been in the cage against Maximo Blanco, Andre Feely, Godofredo Pepe, like he's fought better guys. He's got some subs on his record. I, I think these guys, they're, they're matched up so close. This is one of the fights that I really don't want to take a stand. Um, and I don't know what, this, they both have sneaky high ceilings. So I think at this level, either one could get a finish and a submission. They've both been subbed. They both can get subs, I believe. I like the veteran experience of Aranches, but it's it's not a hard read or strong take. Uh, you got anything more solid, Joe? 
Oh, yeah. That, that Indian power wrestler that he beat, that was super impressive. I say in jest. Um, I was going to say, what the, what the hell yeah, were you watching? Yeah, no. I mean, apparently th that guy was supposed to be able to wrestle, quote unquote. Look, I mean, this might be the James Tahuna effect where, okay, this guy has lost to better competition than, uh, you know, his opponent has beaten. And there's always some, some danger in, you know, taking that guy. Um, and the line has tightened up a bit, and there is some money that is going on the dog. Um, I, I can't support it. I mean, I'd need to see more. Um, you know, I it's a hard fight to make a stand on, but my lean does go to to the favorite here. He's what, 8.3, right? Yep. I mean, 8.3, I would not play this fight in cash, but I certainly see it as, as GPP viable. Um, so I will have a few shares of Arantis and a few less shares of the dog you got a stronger take on this one chris are you kind of as slightly lost as all of us going who who's this guy well i am going who is this guy but the, the one thing i i would say is um and you know i i just keep going back to the the Arantes fight with josh emmett where you know josh emmett hits him with an overhand he blocks it in the guard and he goes he goes down like four times got rocked another time um Song, you know, finish Kandari with a big overhand, right? I mean, what what's it going to look like if he gets now? There was some like there was some contention there. Was he going to play guard or was? I mean, I I don't think those were guard pulls. Those looked like he was rocked and he fell. Maybe maybe once he got rocked, he said, okay, it might be a good idea to play guard, but I'm not sure that was in, his intention. So I mean, when you have a guy like Song who's going to pressure and and look to land that big bomb uh, as he did against Kandari. Uh, what's, what's that going to, what's that going to look like when he connects? I mean, is it going to, uh, take Aranjas totally out of the fight? Now to his credit, you know, after Emmett slowed down in that fight, Aranjas actually started working his jab and actually started working some counters and looked good in, in, in the third round, in the second, third round there. I mean, it was too late at that point, but, um, you know, as far as skill set goes, I like Aranjas a little bit. Uh, he throws hard leg kicks, really turns them over. And Song sticks his leg way out there. Um, we know that he is a accomplished grappler, accomplished uh, submission. I know that um, Song has a couple as well. He got that uh, what was a ten figure guillotine, or I think they called it a necktie on the broadcast. But um, either way, uh, that's low level competition, as we said. Um, I this is another one where if you're going to ask me who the better skill for skill fighter is, I might say Aranches, but. I don't really know how I trust him here after I saw him, you know, getting knocked all over the cage by, you know, another power striker in his last fight. It's different weight classes, though. You have to remember that was, it's that, true. was that was up. It's true, and but a hard um, hitter at that weight class. It's true, but I mean those those reactions uh still didn't, you know, leave me with any confidence. That that's fair. All right. Th I mean, we're going a little long this week, but I don't want to slow down you know, or speed up too much because we're finally into these really good fights. Peter Yan, the former ACB champion at 9,300, taking on Teruto Ishihara at 6,900. Uh, Peter Yan is a fun fighter. My problem with Peter Yan, other than he's making his UFC debut and he's like a minus 400 favorite, is he gets hit a lot. He's willing to take damage, throw damage. Ishihara, say what you want about him. The one thing he does is he hits hard. We've seen people react when he does hit, hit you. Uh, this to me is GPP fight all over. If I was building multiple lineups, this would be one of the fights I had the highest exposure to. Um, skill for skill, 
Ishihara is also old in fight years. I'll take Peter Yan. ACB is no joke of a, no joke of a promotion. It's not like somebody from not that they're jokes, but the low level, the minor leagues of the UFC, like a Titan FC or a Legacy coming up. ACB is a different animal. Um, I'll take Peter Yan here. Just Ishihara is live in GPPs. Chris, uh, that sounds about right. I um my my big problem with Peter Yan is he tends to shell up when he gets hit. I mean, he moves out eventually, too. He doesn't stay in the space. But I don't like guys who, who tend to just sort of shell and, and take it and then wait for their opportunity to throw back, especially against a guy like Ishihara who's got, you know, a, a pretty mean left hand and can drop you with it. Um, we've also seen Ishihara, you know, work his wrestling, too. You know, alpha male, you know, turns guys in, into decent wrestlers. We've seen Ishihara become a willing, re- willing wrestler in his uh, – in his latter fights. And I think that can help him because I think, you know, he does get pretty much um, like maybe that's his only trick is to pressure and throw that left hand. So maybe, you know, mixing in those takedowns or the threat of them can help as well. I um, also think Peter Jan, you know, sometimes he, he, he is not as quite as active as I would like him to be. Um, I, I love how creative he is though. And in one of the, one of the fights I saw, you know, he, he hit his opponent with a body kick and then and then came with the same side hook after he lowered his shoulder, knocked him down. I like that kind of you know in-fight thinking and uh, you know ab- ability to, ability to game plan uh, mid-fight. I think that that speaks to um, you know a skilled fighter and a guy with a bright future. But you know this is a test. This is um, first UFC fight, and like you said, is he better fighter skill for skill? Probably, but he's facing a guy who's going to pressure him. He's going to hit hard, and he takes shots. And his his the way he defends himself isn't always the greatest. So I'm probably going to have quite a bit of Ishihara here. I haven't trusted him in a long time. But I don't know. Something tells me I, I like him to pull out a win here as uh, the UFC vet. That That's a, a big stand. Someone oh – God, I remembered it on the Loudmouth podcast. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was um, Tony Fagnano from MMA Today mentioned – and it reminds him a lot of Ali Bibliotov. Like, everyone's high in this guy. He comes in and he gets starched, knocked out, and we're all going, well, what do we do now? Because this division needs Peter Jan, I think. Um, no, it doesn't need him. It's a good division, but it would make it more fun because he's just – I love these ACB guys coming in. Uh, Joe, you have Peter Jan making an impact here, joining the uh, top 15 at 135? Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think the UFC is, is soured a bit on Ishitara and – he has to be feeling the pressure here. I mean, uh, Singapore is a lot closer to Tokyo than um, Sacramento. So I have to believe that, um, you know, he could be fighting for a, a, a pink slip, you know, to avoid that plane trip home, uh, which might make him dangerous. Um, I do think that Yan is is what the UFC wants here. Um, you know, he is uh, he's coming in highly acclaimed. He's avenged his his one loss or his most recent loss, um, he avenged that. I just don't know how good of a DK play this is going to be because, again, I could see it going full three rounds. And, you know, given his price point, I do not know that, you know, absent the finish, if he's going to earn salary or not. Um, I would definitely take a few shares of Ishitara for, you know, the reasons that Chris mentioned. It's just I at this point do not know how heavily exposed I want to be to Jan on DraftKings. I, th- I think we're all on the same page. Page, 
All right, Li Jinglong, 9,200, taking on Daishi Abe. Um, I'm, I'm glad Chris is on deck for this one. Um, because yeah. Li Jinglong is, I think, should just run through Daishi Abe. Now, Abe is the karate-style counter-striker. Jinglong can be countered. I just think he's going to be too much here. I think he is going to pressure. He can get power doubles, land a big strike. Like Abe's got, got a a karate style, but it's nothing, you know, we've seen him hit before. He doesn't hit particularly hard. You couldn't knock out Juan um, Gulim. He did get a knockdown in that fight. Uh, I, I picked I picked him to, to win that fight. I just, this is a bad matchup here. Uh, I think Jake Matthews improved a lot. Um Long is still really good for this division. Um, and he's a fun fighter. And he's going to look to finish. Again, I think I'm going to go more balanced in cash, so I, I don't know if I'm going to have Lee, if I'm going to plug in Matthews, but um, I, I do think he's a solid play here. So, so Joe, lay out some more reasons why you're behind Jinglong before we uh, hand it over to Chris and his Abe craziness. Look, I, I, my issue with Jingling is, um, one, one, I don't know that I would be overly confident using him in cash. He loses too many rounds. He gets rocked too often. Um, he is he is a fun fighter to watch. That Camacho fight was just like one of the top ten fights of the year, I think. Um, but that makes you nervous as all hell. Um, I see this as a GPP fight. Um, you know, I obviously if you're putting together a lineup of, and I say this a lot, so I apologize for repeating myself. But if you're putting together a lineup of fighters who are going to get a finish or are looking for looking good for a finish, um, it would be, you have to put Jingling in there. Although I definitely see his ceiling higher than his, as higher than his floor. Um, I look, I, I am not as, 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 as concise, or I should say I'm not as, as I'm not on the same page as Chris on calling for an upset, but I look, it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to have a share or two um, just because we know Jingling can get hit. And we have seen him lose rounds in the past to guys that might be seemingly inferior to him. So I wouldn't kill you if you threw him in a lineup or two, if you're playing mess entry That's GPPs, fine. you know, but I, I do, I will go with the leech here. I, I agree he's in play for GPPs because of the counter-striking ability. We've seen Lee hurt. Chris, take it away. How, why is Daichi Abe going to start Jingli on with the first round finish? Well, I mean, I mean, it might it might take him a, a minute or two. I'll I'll concede that. But um, look, I just think I didn't want to talk about it too much when we were talking about Jake Matthews because I knew this was coming up. But I, I think every time Matthews knocked him down, it was with a counter left hook. Um, and that's all Abe wants to do is is throw counter shots. Uh, I think I think uh, Jingling. Uh, I'm trying to say it like Joe. I can't even say his real name. Jingling, Jingling. <laughs> I think. Jing Long is um, is gonna pressure, and he breaks a lot of fighters like that. He keeps coming, which is you know I always I always like guys like that. He's got power. We know this too. But look, um, pretty much every fight is dangerous for Jing Long in the first round or so. Um, that that's going that's going back a couple now to uh, uh, who was it? Um, I'll get it. Just a second here. That air too. Even the even the Bobby Nash fight, he got he got uh, Hector Camacho. That too, he got rocked a little bit. And so I mean, Frank Frank Camacho. Hector is a boxer. I got it. 
But um, I, yeah, I, I just think that um, he's as he's as live as you're gonna get. And when you have a style matchup where you have a guy who's gonna get to do exactly what he wants to do, um, you know, I, I just have I just have to favor him, especially when he's the dog. All right, next up we have <laughs> a fight that's got me just a little twisted because. All right, let's get to it. Jessica Rose Clark, 8,500, taking on the best flyweight in the world, Jessica I at 7,700, who was on a four-fight losing streak, I think lost to Kalindra Faria, but gets the decision, and it gets in the microphone and just starts spouting nonsense. You lost to Betch Kohea in a striking match. I, I cannot advocate picking Jessica I. I'm taking Jessica Rose Clark. I think this is extremely smart matchmaking by the UFC. I think they want um, Rose Clark to win for obvious reasons. She's marketable. She's not great. This is pretty much as high as I think she could go in flyweight and get a win here. They're, they're trying to build her up. I think she's going to have a real tough time up in the top five. But this matchup, I think she's got enough wrestling to stop uh, to stop uh, eyes wrestling. I think she could get a takedown. I think she's the better striker. She's also younger. I like Jessica Rose Clark a bunch this week. I, I have a straight bet on her. So, uh, Joe, oh, you're going second in this fight. I'm, I'm hoping you agree with me because of, as I've mentioned in this. No, you got to let me go time. first. You got to let me go first here. All right. All right. Okay, I, I, so, I, please say you agree with my bet because I, 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 I it is pretty well, obviously, you did not, you don't, you did not pay too close attention to my Twitter. This is the one fight that I did bet, and I, I very clearly bet on Jessica I. Um I got her at plus really? one, I got her at plus one thirty five. She's <laughs> now plus one ten. So if there is anything close to odds value on this card, it is on Jessica I. Um there was a was money on on Jesse Jess here. Um look, okay, Paige Van Zandt broke her arm and couldn't get finished. So I'm not really and everybody beats Paige Van Zandt. Um I Jessica I, didn't. well, okay. Jessica I, yeah, that was that dancing with the stars kick. Jesse <laughs> Jess has been fighting straw weights moving up. Um, Jessica I is a, a bantamweight moving down. Um, yes, has not looked great against superior competition. Again, the James DeHuna effect. Um, I think wait, that this wait, is- wait, time out, time out. You cannot call Betch Gohe a superior competition. I won't let you. Superior competition to whoever Jesse Jess has been fighting. Um, you know, I, I better than Beck Rawlings. Has Be- have Beck Rawlings and and Betch Gohea fought? I don't know uh, because different weight classes. Oh yeah, that needs to happen. I don't care yeah. if it's different weight classes. That needs to happen. Yeah. So, well, maybe in bare knuckles. Um, yeah, they can, so, that's right. They can yeah. Be. So, in any case, look, I I think this is not a great DraftKings fight to play, although. Inherent to the line value, if people out there are following line value, there there will be some play on eye. And look, I would not be at all surprised if the line flipped. Um, just because, you know, she was, I bet her at plus, plus 135 or maybe even plus 140. I'd have to go look and see what my, my ticket says. I put it up on Twitter. Um, you know, she's now plus 110. Now, my bet did not, my small little bet to win 500 did not knock that line down. So... There's some money coming from somewhere on I. I don't love this fight. Don't get me wrong. This is more of a fade on Jesse Jess than it is an endorsement of of uh, Jessica I. Uh, 
So we'll see what happens here. I don't know that you want to have a great deal of exposure to this fight. I think the uh, the overprop is something like minus 500 goes the distance or some incredibly high number. Um, yeah, I'm going to look that up right now. Ongoing, yeah, it's like the highest on the card. So, you know, this could be, a, you know, a winner scores 50 and a loser scores 20 type of fight. You know, you're not going to get a lot of points here unless there's a finish. So, so what is it, 500? The over two and a half, not even goes to the decision. The over two and a half is minus 550. Yeah, okay. So there you go. So this is not a great fight to target in DK. I, I think we should all agree on that. Unless somebody has some great inside information on one of these these ladies finishing the other. If this goes to decision, this is not going to be a great scoring fight. But, you know, again, I did bet I. I don't think this fight is a great fight to target on DraftKings. Well, me and 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 our, our buddy Will Martin is is – on my side, thank God. I have somebody going up against Joe here. But, uh, Chris, on this podcast, you are the deciding vote. Or, you know, at least how this our podcast pick is going to go. Do you have I or do you have Jessica Rose Clark? I have um, – pick another fight is my – No, oh, I have – I give it all that lead and you just squash it? I don't I – I, have... I, think, I think in Will's defense, roses don't grow in Scotland. So that could be why he's on Jessica Rose Clark here, but we'll we'll get further clarity. But um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, as I was, on your analysis, buddy. yeah, that's hardcore <laughs> stuff. I was right? saying, well, I, I had to digest that awesome joke first. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say, although, I, except that I would agree that this isn't a great DraftKings fight. I mean, I like the way that um, Jessica Rose Clark pressures and, and, and counterpunches. Um, I don't like the way she wrestles. Um, she seems to like to do that um, women's MMA, the scourge of women's MMA, which is the headlock hip toss, uh, which can very easily get your back taken. And if that does happen, uh, Jessica, I has decent jujitsu. Um, we we've seen her take a back or two in her day. I um, I guess I guess if I had I have to pick, and I do because we're on a podcast. I I guess I would say I think Jessica Rose Clark is is probably just going to out volume her. Is how this is going to go down. But um, I don't I don't really like either side. I think I would like I if she was more like in the seventy one to two hundred range as opposed to seventy seven. Because I do think she could probably out wrestle her and and maybe take her back and and, and potentially get a sub, but um, if it stays on the feet, despite the reach advantage, I, I don't think I is that good at using her range. I think that um, she's going to be open to be countered a lot, and I think uh, Jessica Rose Clark is going to take those opportunities and probably take a decision here. All right, moving moving on. Past this one, Tyson Pedro at 8,200, taking on Ovince St. Peru at 8,000. Um, two guys who are overrated. Uh, OSP overrated at the top of the division. Tyson Pedro, I think, is being rushed into the top 15 because light heavyweight is not good. Uh, both these guys have losses to Alir Latifi. To me, I just think Ovince St. Peru is, is – he's – got to be up there in fight years he was losing a striking match to Corey anderson and as far as DraftKings go he's just he's so low output that even if you think he's going to win the fight i have a tough time paying up for him because i don't think he's going to sub um 
Tyson Pedro, which is the only way in his wins he scores well. So I think the better DraftKings play regardless is Tyson Pedro, just because he can do a little more. Fight pick-wise, that's the way I'm, I'm leaning. Um, I've heard some people say you want to definitely have exposure to this fight beyond both sides. I'm, I'm not going to have a bunch of same same proofs. I think he's relying on the finish, and he should have lost a striking match to uh, Corey Anderson. So I'll, I'll take Tyson Pedro in this one. Uh, Chris? Well, I, I was waiting to hear what you were going to say because you, you could basically fill in for X, right? I mean, he was also losing a striking match to Marco Rogerio de Lima before he caught a kick and, and took him down in the second round. But, um, I mean, that's my problem. Well, that's one of my problems with OSP. The other one is he's just so low output, as you said, and um, he just gives his opponents so much time to do whatever they want. And it seems like everybody gets the better of him, even if they shouldn't. Even if, you know, because he's such a big athletic guy and – he, he moves around so big, especially for a guy his size, that you would expect him to take over some of these fights, and he just never seems to do it. Um, I can't re- I can't even really recall a time where he's won a good, solid fight with a performance all the way through. It's always a flash thing, like like the, the freak sub or a head kick or, uh, you know, the um, – I think uh, Patrick Cummins, he knocked out in 2014. That might be the last time. But having said all that um, – I have a bad feeling about this fight for Tyson Pedro. And the reason is because he loves to throw uh, front kicks. And that's how OSP got Marcos Rogério de Lima down in the first place was he caught a kick and converted it to a takedown. Um, Tyson Pedro doesn't exactly move his head when he kicks, so he could also be countered that way. And I just think even though Tyson Pedro is almost certainly the better grappler uh, from a technical standpoint, if you get um, OSP on top of you, I think you're going to have a very hard time moving him off of you. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just I have a, I have a bad feeling that Pedro is going to is going to play this too fast and loose here with the kicks. Um, I think what he what he should do is go for the grappling exchanges. But even then, we saw Corey Anderson couldn't hold uh, couldn't hold OSP down all fight, and we saw what happened. So I think he's got a chance to land a big shot here. I don't expect him to take over the fight, although, I i mean, it seems like he should be able to. But I don't know. I, something is stopping me from picking th- uh, Pedro here. So I'm going to take OSP for uh, a late finish. Joe, who you got? Tyson, so, Pedro, OSP. So the interesting thing here is that when you compare this to Corey Anderson, you know, Corey Anderson is a, is a power wrestler um, that will, you know, selectively look for submissions where – the wrestling of Tyson Pedro isn't that good. OSP should actually have a wrestling advantage here, but you know he is probably a bigger threat to throw a submission up than Corey Anderson is. Um, you know, my biggest issue is just the level of competition that Pedro has beaten. I know that he's a lifelong martial artist. Um, James Tahuna effect. James Tahuna effect. Is someone, <laughs> someone, someone saying that in chat. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's me giving you shit. No, okay. no. no, I don't. You know, again, I just, I, I just see OSP as having fought a higher level of competition. My sneaking suspicion here is that you know Pedro will do enough to win this. I just don't have enough confidence in this to make a stand. So I guess I mean I think it's what is it? Is it eight point two and eight? It's pretty Correct. close, right? So eight point two for for Pedro, eight for OSP. Look, I wouldn't, you know, I, you could fade this fight. I mean, I don't think, it, I don't necessarily see the 
the winner of this fight being on on the nuts lineup for DraftKings. Um, but I probably will give a slight lean to Pedro, but I don't love the fight in cash. Um, and I, I suppose I would be pretty close to equal weighting in GPPs. All right. We are there. We are finally at our main event. It is Leon Rocky, not Roberts, Leon Rocky Edwards. He's taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Cerrone's priced at 7,600. Leon Edwards, 8,600. The first thing, because Joe loves his lines, is that Cerrone opened up as the favorite for this fight, and the line immediately flipped, and now Edwards is the big favorite. Cerrone's a plus 210 dog. Now, I thought of this this morning. I'm not so sure. Like, I heard that yesterday. and went, wow, maybe, you know, Vegas knows something about Edwards, but it's not. It's not that. It, it dawned on me. It took me, you know, I heard that information at like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's Vegas was projecting what bets would come in. And Donald Cowboy Cerrone always draws in bets. His lines seem to flip. He's almost always some, one of the most popular fighters on DraftKings uh, just because of who he is. However, the narrative has kind of flipped. And we have Leon Edwards, who's this young up-and-comer that everyone is high on. Um Talking last night, watching some more fights. He mixes in his takedowns much better than I thought he did. He also, uh, we, well, we don't see it a lot. Cerrone is good off his back. The issue is, uh, again, it's his quality competition. You have to, one thing to mention in another, another podcast is that his last four wins tell an interesting story. In 2016, he t- t- he's got a win over Albert Tumanoff. Then he's got a 2017 win over, over Vicente Luque. I think he's in great shape. Then he takes a step down in competition, and he beats Brian Barbarena and Peter Sabata. And now he's going to Donald Cerrone, who has been knocked out by Darren Till, knocked out by Jorge Masvidal, lost a close decision to, to Robbie Lawler, and he beat Yanti Medeiros, which just shows he can hit someone whose, whose chin is hanging out there. Um, while Medeiros is fun and love fighting him, technically you know, he's open to get hit. If anybody can tell me what Cerrone's mindset is heading to this fight, that's going to be everything here. Because if he's going out there like it's just another guy, I think Leon Edwards pieces him up. Edwards typically doesn't score great on DraftKings. 98, 72, 75, 86, 73 in wins. But he's got five rounds to work with here. I do think Cerrone's MMA old. There's no size advantage for Edwards. Like um, Cerrone usually faces a disadvantage at 170. That's not here. I'm interested where you guys are in this fight. To me personally, I think Edwards is my pick to win the fight. But I have a lot of interest in Cerrone at 7,600 because if he wins, I think it's probably a finish. I think I'm going to be stacking this fight. I think Cerrone might make for the better GPP play. The problem is Edwards, if if Cerrone is toast, could get a quick knockout. So I'm struggling with this one. I in my my video I made Cerrone my my preferred play for the discount. I do think this one ends inside the distance. Um, I'm leaning Edwards is the pick, Cerrone for the value. Uh, Joe, how do you have this one? I like Edwards a fair bit here. I mean, I think he's a better all around fighter than Darren Till personally. Um, you know, as a welterweight anyway. I don't know how many more fights uh, Till has. Um, you know, as a welterweight. So I I like I like Edwards here. Look, I mean, you know. That Masvidal, I'm sorry, that, that Madero's fight was just strange. I mean, you know, they did everything but make out. That whole scene with the grandmother and, you know, prior to that, you know, Cerrone had lost three fights. 
Um, you know, to use a Brett Apley laundry reference, he was beaten like a $2 rug on laundry day. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, again, he's 35 years old. He's got a lot of fight years. He gets really good money for show. Um, Edwards is 28. He's improving. Um, I like him a lot here. I like him in GPPs. I like him in cash. I do think, to your point, I see it exactly the same way as you, that if Cerrone does win, he will likely win by finish, which means I see Cerrone at 7,600 as having a better ceiling than he does a floor. Um, you know, because again, I think if he gets beat, I don't know how many points he's going to score. Um, but I do see him if he does win, like, I think he's plus 300 by knockout or something like that, which, you know, might not be worth a hedge play, but, um, I do like, uh, I do like Edwards in all formats. Chris, bring it home. What do you got? Edward Cerrone. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Cerrone here. I, I think, um, one of the main things that, that jumped out to me is, um, Something that jumped out to me in all Cerrone fights is he really has trouble with people who pressure him, who, who are going to put the pressure on him, and it rain down on him, and he gets overwhelmed, and he gets finished. Uh, Leon Roberts isn't quite that guy. He will take the center of the octagon and stand at range and have a kickboxing fight with you, and I think that's going to favor Donald Cerrone here, particularly that we have opposite stance fighters here, so that body kick's going to be open. Um Cerrone's going to be able to use his kicks. He's going to be able to go in and out. I, I don't think, although his wrestling has improved, I don't think he's going to be able to out-wrestle Cerrone. Um, and I think it's fair to say that Cerrone's going to have uh, the jiu-jitsu advantage if it hits the floor. So, so Chris, Chris, wait, now that you're giving us your take on Leon, Leon Roberts, how do you think Leon Edwards is going to fare? Oh, God darn it. All right. Um, I told you I do it all the time. What's your excuse? <laughs> Man. Same analysis, I assume, right? Same analysis, I assume. Um, although some refs do train, and so uh, I want you guys to keep that in mind. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, same analysis, obviously. Um, but, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see where Cerrone's uh, ownership ends up because um, if, it, if, it, if it ends up that, that people are thinking – along uh, the same lines as Joe, which I, which I don't think is, you know, an out-of-bounds thought or anything. But I think that if people have that mindset of, well, you know, he takes too many fights, he's got too many miles, you know, he one, he's, you know, gets knocked out easier now, I think that could really open the door for Cerrone here as maybe an under-owned asset and uh, one who is probably going to get a finish if he wins. I think we can all agree on that. I think and, he'll be plenty popular. He may. He may. But, um, you know, Leon, Leon uh, is – I'm going to call him Leon, so I don't make the mistake. Leon is the flavor of the month. Uh, you know, he's the, he is the fighter on the tear now. Um, I almost wish Shorty would have lost to Yancey Madero, so that would have maybe made this a little, a little uh, more scarce. But I'm still going to pick Cerrone here. Um, scarcity be damned, I guess. I just think this is a good style matchup for him. Okay, um, that's it for the fights. Now we have to move on to what I'm hoping we, we become known for on this podcast, hot takes. Chris, what is your hot take for UFC Singapore? My hot take is that um, the, the, uh, the winning lineup is going to have one of the fighters in the fight between Al Aldana and uh, Kanan, and the winner is going to have Aldana because Aldana is going to win by knockout. Whew. 
That's that's pretty hot. We're gonna let that one that one stand. Joe, what do you got? Let okay, it cool so, down a little bit. So this is the first time in recent memory where we've actually had three female fights on a card with not with one of them with none of them being title fights. So my hot take is gonna be of the three female fights, uh, we're gonna see finishes in two of them. Jeez. Which two? If you had to pick, I have to ask. No, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna say. I'm just gonna say two of the three female fights will end in finishes. That that's that is a um You yeah. need a hot take. That's a hot take. That, that's that's definitely a hot take. We're I'm gonna go with what helps me the most. <laughs> Tyson <laughs> now Tyson Pedro is going to submit Ovin St. Peru. Ooh. I like it. When and then, and then, and then as the secondary hot take, um, I, I say that there's a 72.3% chance that if Tyson Pedro wins, he will do a shoey out of his hat. Oh, God, please, no. No more shoeys. No the more shoeys. Yeah. All right, guys, that's what we have for you for UFC Singapore. This is Fight IQ. You can now uh, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher Rotowire. Fight IQ, I believe, is the name of the podcast. Uh, Joe, Chris, it was fun. We have a week off again next week, but then we will talk about exactly how we're going to handle two weeks. I will, I will be, I will be doing it live from Vegas, dude. No change. But, but we have two, we have two fight cards to talk about. We have, That's true. we have tough and UFC two twenty six, right? Yeah, we when might have to do a, like a quick pick version for tough. So you know, like and do a more full fledged pod for for the. I, we have to talk about it. So stay tuned, guys. Make sure you check us out. Subscribe to this channel. Follow all of us on Twitter. All that good stuff. Good luck in your contest. We will see you in two weeks. Peace out.